Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. All right, it is uh, Taz and the Moose with you here on this Friday morning, action-packed Friday. A lot of a little football, well, a lot of football, a little baseball. Hour number one. We continue the football theme now as uh, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Who understands that it's not just a mortgage; it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get Mortgage as we welcome aboard Russell Baxter, NFL writer for Fansided.com, joins us now. Hey, Russell, Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish with you here on this Friday morning. Thanks for a couple minutes, bud. Hello, no problem at all. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, Russell. Do well. And, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about the, the Giants and Pats in the Thursday night affair. And there's a, you know, a number of different storylines to get into that one. We'll run around the league with you as well. You know, let's start here. Bogish and I were talking about during the course of the break. Um, what do you make of it, of these, uh, of these, you know, challenges to pass interference where it obviously looks like pass interference? And last night was another person, perfect case in point, down 21 late, third and 10 pass down the field to Golden Tate. He was clearly interfered with. Now the call on the field was upheld, which was not pass interference. But, I, I you know, I, if, if that's not pass interference, I don't know what is. Why do you why do you think we're not getting these you know overturns of bad calls on the field like many anticipated we would? Um, because we're not getting them right on the field to begin with, and that is the source of the problem. I think adding the um, adding another interpretive element into the officiating just kind of mucks up the work uh, the the works a little. Um, uh, judgment calls like this. Uh, have always been an issue, and it, and it goes back for years and years and years and years. Um, uh, the same thing with a catch. I mean, for six years, we didn't know what a catch was. So, um, you know, the, the problem is with these calls now is you have to have something really dramatic happen to overturn it. It's almost, it's almost like saying um, not guilty. If I'm, if 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 you understand what I mean, it doesn't. You know, you couldn't prove they didn't do it. All right, so that I, I'm probably I'm probably not being very very clear, but what they're telling you is you might be right, but it's gonna have it's gonna take a 
dramatic um, interpretation by someone else to to reverse it. Um, so the call on the field will always get the benefit of the doubt. And as we saw last night, as we have seen in several games, that you know that really shouldn't be the case. Russell, uh, this came up in the break between Moose and I because I was reading uh, Charles Robinson at Yahoo Sports writing that you know that was such a blatant miss last night, both on the mm-hmm. field and then in the booth back in New York with, with Al Riveron, that Charles got to the conclusion that the only thing that could be going on here, or at least what's now possible, is that these are like spite decisions by the officials because the coaches got the replay system changed in the offseason. I mean, that is conspiracy theory-ish, but is there any room in your head for the officials maybe you know, putting their middle finger back up at the coaches for, for the fight that they put up after the Saints game last year? I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, listen, human nature is human nature. And, you know, when you go back to the old, old re, replay system um, back in the, in the late 80s, I think 1986 was the first year we had, quote, unquote, instant replay, a different system and so on. And there was always that kind of hesitation by the officials themselves on whether you know, they were going to have a call overturned and then were they as effective as they should be? Um, listen, it's it's a game uh, played by human beings. Human beings make mistakes, um, but human beings are can also be very, very sensitive. So I don't know if I'd go uh, that far and so on, but, you know, I, 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 would, I would say that in certain instances, I'm sure you might not necessarily rule that. It's almost like I mean, think about it. It, it. In some ways, it's almost like being an, an umpire being upstaged uh, by a manager. Correct? Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, you know that yeah. that is that's a good point, Russell. Um, all right, let's transition away from that. Let's let's talk a little bit about some some of these teams out there down in Washington, a team that's near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, I know people are going to say, "Well, there's only a certain amount of jobs. Every job, you know, has its positives." You know, I, I want to. I guess my question is: Is how attractive is this Redskins head coaching job, Russell? Well, I mean, I look at the structure of the team since Daniel Snyder's team for a little over 20 years. He's on his, and I count in interim head coaches, by the way, because interim head coaches count because sometimes they get capped. Um, Bill Callahan is his ninth head coach. Okay. Now, you know, I know some other teams are worse and so on, but, uh, you know, from the Scott McLuhan issues from a couple of years ago to who's really running the store there, um, I don't know how attractive this job is whatsoever. And, you know, I, I'm in the midst. I, I did some out loud thinking here. Run, I'll run this by you guys. So the Redskins are at Miami this week, yeah. correct? Yes. A and, doozy uh, of a game. And, Miami, <laughs> yeah, and Miami, Miami, Miami's kind of had this label of being accused of tanking for Tua or tanking for the season, correct? Yes. Okay, so if the Redskins lose to Miami, who's tanking? Well, the uh, but the Redskins. Here's the funny thing, Russell. The Redskins aren't trying. They're actually trying to be good. <laughs> Is that no, funny? Well, I'm or sad. Just, I'm just, <laughs> That's I'm sad. Just the Redskins are actually trying to give you a yeoman's effort. Miami's put up the white flag and said, "You know what? Right. We'll see in 2020, which is worse." I think the Redskins are worse because they're trying to actually win football games. Well, you know what's funny? I would say talent on the field right now. This is splitting hairs. I think Washington's a better football team. Yeah. As far as the future goes, I think the Dolphins are in better shape because Agreed. of what the collateral they have built. But, um, you know, we you go back to how the team is run or not being run and so on, and 
Uh, this has been kind of a, a, a constant problem. I mean, I'm trying to think other than uh, 2012, you know, the late surge with Robert Griffin as the rookie quarterback um, was a 10-win season. They haven't won 10 games a lot over the last two decades. Russell, where are you, before we leave the Dolphins, where are you on, on Josh Rosen long-term as a quarterback in this league? Um, I like what he shows. I, I, I like uh, the fight in him. I mean, I think the skills are there. He's obviously been dumped into um, two really, really hard situations. I mean, the Cardinals were the worst team in the league last year, 3-13. and 13. He was thrown in there, um, what, the third or fourth game. By the seventh game, Mike McCoy was fired, um, you know, sacked turnovers um now comes over to miami um they're in the midst of change i I like to say changing their culture because they're what they're really trying to do is rid themselves of a philosophy that has gotten them in trouble for about 10 years and that's constantly just trying to fix things one year at a time instead of building a foundation he should be part of the foundation so i like the move i mean they gave relatively little to get him and so on. He's a young prospect who obviously was a first-round pick last year, and a lot of people thought. Remember the uh, what the narrative out was Josh Rosen last year of the of the quarterbacks who were drafted in 2018. He was quote unquote the most ready to play. Okay. And he was ready to play. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if everybody else around him was, too. No, that's a good point. Um, you know, some interesting matchups here, you know, uh, kind of highlight the slate. Uh, let's head out to Minnesota, Russell. When you look at this Vikings and Eagles matchup on Sunday uh, out in Minneapolis, Minnesota got healthy last week, and the Giants, the Eagles, certainly, with all their injuries on defense, has battled their way to a 3-2 and two record. What's the intriguing aspect? What are you looking forward to this one? Can Philadelphia secondary, which has been a problem, you know, going back to actually a couple of years, um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the last time we were in that building, somebody threw for 505 yards against them. True. Um, you know, but they also won the game, so let's not leave that, leave that out. Um, you know, it depends on what Kirk Cousins, I think, we see, and more importantly, what game plan we see. Um, you know, even, you know, those games were – they won, and they didn't really let him throw the football. Uh, even though they won, I thought that was a detriment. Um, you know, th- this was a team last year that barely could run the football. They've changed that. I still don't think their pass protection is all that good. You know, the biggest problem I have with Minnesota and Cousins is not the fact um, that they they are inconsistent with how they use him this year. It's the fact that throughout his career, guys, he just does a terrible job of protecting the football, okay? There are a lot of quarterbacks who get a lot of sacks um, handed to them, but they don't cough up the football as much as he can. I'm not talking about interceptions. I'm talking about lost fumbles. Last year, he lost seven fumbles of the nine times he fumbled. We saw that earlier this season. If Minnesota plays the balanced kind of football they did last week against the Giants, and albeit the Giants' defense is, you know, well, that's a whole different story. Um, but more like they played against the Raiders, um, you know, they should be fine. But to me, Philadelphia is very, very erratic. I know they put up 31 on the in the Jets last week. I think they're very, very inconsistent. I don't think they've played a complete game last week. And of those 31 points last last week, two were turnovers by the Jets that they returned for touchdowns. Russell, what's your number one reason for the Browns' struggles on offense? Offensive line. Um, uh, Baker Mayfield being inaccurate 
they they look like they look like a forty five record playing at seventy eight speed. Does that make sense? Yeah, Not to me. I'm sense. too young for that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm a little older. That makes sense to me, Russell. <laughs> they. They are not in sync. I mean, you know, and even it took them a, a quarter and a half against Baltimore um, to get that running game going. Um, but I think their defense, which is very, very aggressive, um, can also be had. I mean, Miles Garrett's had a terrific year. They've got some solid players. Their secondary has been banged up for the majority of the year. But San Francisco, talking about speed, San Francisco made the Browns look like they were standing still the other night, okay, in all facets. And uh, I think they get the Browns are have not let um, not yet learned how to win consistently. They've learned how to win sporadically. They also have kind of a new cast of offensive characters. But um, every time they seem to get something going the other night, something went wrong. That Callaway interception at the goal line, which bounced up into the air and went the other way. Um, and I think and I think Baker Mayfield is pressing. Uh, but I do know that Baker Mayfield is truthful when it comes to handshakes. Yeah, well, that is true. You're right about that. And Richard Sherman <laughs> making up that story, which makes you know little to no sense. And then the apology afterward. Uh, speaking of uh, Sherman and the Niners, are you a believer as they go into Los Angeles to take on the Rams this weekend? This, to me, has to be the believability part of it, okay? Because the Rams have had, I'm sorry, the 49ers, within the division last year. By the way, last five years in the division, I know their overall record isn't that great, 7-23. Uh, and 23. Uh, This is a team that's lost eight straight games to the Cardinals, much less beating the Seahawks and the Rams. The Rams hung 87 points on them in two games last year. So this, is to, this to me, is really the asset test. I know who they've beaten, and they have performed extremely well. Uh, their running game dom- has been dominant. Okay, and even though they, you know, have have had some injuries there, they've got their tackles banged up as well. Kyle Shanahan's been very, very creative on how everybody gets the football. He showed that last year when they didn't have Garoppolo and they didn't have Jarek McKinnon. He found other guys to be productive. I mean, we ne- would have never heard of George Kittle, I think, uh, if not for last year and being in a completely different role. Now he's a, a Pro Bowl tight end. Um, but you have to beat the teams that you have to beat. They have to prove they can consistently beat the Rams. I mean, they've lost three out of four of them, and the one game they beat them was when Sean McVay sat everybody in Week 17 of 2017 when they were headed to the playoffs. So it's not that I don't believe, but I think I'd be a little more convinced if I can see them beat somebody within the division. Russell, are the are the Lions legit? And in terms of being in a you know an elite NFC team, and what do you expect them to do on Monday night in Lambeau? I don't I don't know if they're necessarily an elite team. The the one thing that's bothered me a little bit. First off, the one thing I like about them is they have finally and Daryl Bevel plays a big role in this. They're running the football. We have seen them in the last five or six years become so one dimensional. Uh, I think at least once or maybe twice they were dead last in the league in rushing. Ask the Packers last year what happens when you don't run the football. They had the fewest running attempts in the entire league last year. They've kind of gone more balanced. So carry on Johnson um, helps Matthew Stafford uh, an awful lot. And uh, But the one thing that is co- concerns me is how they have played in the fourth quarter and, of course, the overtime. They squandered the big lead to the Cardinals. They let Patrick Mahomes come down the field the last time we saw them. I want to say they've given up a 
95 points this year and almost half of them 42 have come in the third in the fourth quarter in overtime so i know they've beaten the packers four times in a row i know they've won at lambeau three of the last four years and that's you know i i know the packers have not had aaron Rodgers every time but more times than not they've had so again on the road in the division the packers have been you know they're two and zero in the division including a win at chicago it's a, again another prove me game, but that that division from top to bottom is just solid. I mean, everybody is above 500 at this stage, and I think the thing that'll be interesting this week, even though it's a divisional game for the Packers, is avoiding a little bit of a letdown after the way they played in the first half against Dallas. You know, Russell, um, to Jacksonville, they get set to entertain the Saints this weekend. And Bridgewater, the Saints have done a great job with Breeze's absence and, and having that thumb surgery. Jacksonville, though, um, Ramsey, November 1st, do you think he's a Jaguar? And the other aspect of it is Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania taking over the National Football League. Now, I can't, I mean, I know there are guys that have kind of become stars right before your very eyes. Mm-hmm. They got to come out of nowhere. I mean, and, and he really came out of nowhere to kind of captivate everyone's imagination. It's been really a remarkable story. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because you look at Jack, even the year that Jacksonville went to the AFC title game in 2017, you would certainly not accuse their offense of being exciting or productive. I mean, that was a team that got like seven or eight defensive touchdowns on interceptions and fumble returns. And, uh, you know, you got a big year from Leonard Fournette and so on, but um, Leonard Fournette looks like he's a little bit uh, rejuvenated. Um, Minshew it, it has definitely brought a, a little moxie to that team. They've been in, they've been in every game they played this year. Even even when Foles went down in Week One, they they hung tough with Minshew and um, you know made it as competitive as they could against the Chiefs. Um, this is a tricky game for the Saints, uh, you know. And and credit to Sean Payton and really that organization because. They have really become less dependent on Drew Brees the last two or three years. They're a more balanced football team. I think the key to this one on 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 Sunday is can they keep Minshew out of harm's way? Um, the, I don't think the Saints defense, which is still a little shaky on the back end, uh, but their defensive front, their linebackers, um, that's a pretty formidable front seven. And, uh, you know, but again, last week, Never say die against Carolina. They gave up a ton of rushing yards to Christian McCaffrey and to the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, before you knew it, they're making plays and so on. It's funny. They went to the AFC title game in 2017. I think this team right now might be better than that 2017 team. Yeah, good point. Wouldn't disagree with you there. And certainly offensively, uh, a lot more explosive. Hey, Russell, we appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for getting up early for us. And uh, have a great Friday. Enjoy all the football this weekend, all right? Oh, just to correct you, it's football season. I, I don't sleep until February. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. You're all over the yeah. place, Russell. Russell Baxter, <laughs> uh, fansided.com. Check him out. Hop online as well. Uh, it gives you a, a good feel, certainly, of all the intriguing storylines going around around the National Football League. And we'll see what Minshew and the Jaguars can do back at home this weekend as they take on Bridgewater and the New Orleans Saints. I mean, two remarkable stories when you think about it. That New Orleans team has kind of picked it up with the Breeze injury. And then Minshew uh, has made everybody forget about Nick Foles and his recovery from that broken collarbone. We'll come back. It's Malusis and Bogish. Taz and the Moose. Taz out sick here on this Friday morning. Hopefully he's back with us on Monday. We got college picks coming up, NFL picks coming up. 
Uh, we'll get into the managerial search in Major League Baseball as another job came open yesterday as well. You're locked in right here, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. There you go, Jackson. We got hockey uh, Sunday afternoon. I don't actually have work this Sunday because of the London game. So no show with deal on WFAN locally in New York, right? No fan duel on Sunday. So uh, Jackson's got hockey evaluations. Evaluations? Yes. Uh oh. So they so from four to five, we have to show up. Um, an ice house up in Stanford, and they put uh, the kids through drills, and then they put them, you know, obviously they decipher at the town level and then put them on, on teams to, you know, figure out which teams to have those teams evenly matched. Is this 4 a.m.? Because you never know what's no, hockey. No, thank God. Okay. No. No, if it's 4 a.m., I'd be like, Donna, it's all yours. <laughs> Drive yourself. All right. Man. I'll take care of the boys as we sleep. <laughs> I don't know where we'll – I'll get to that in a second. I don't know where we'll be sleeping, but hopefully oh, it's all. Oh, my goodness. Sunday, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader with many of you seeing two of the most dynamic young quarterbacks in the game airing it out when the Mahomes and the Chiefs welcome Watson to the Texans, followed by the Cowboys visiting the Jets. It all begins with JB and the guys getting you focused for football in the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. So – I, I joke and I cry all at the same time because yesterday, right, we, we do a bang-up show here, Taz and myself, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Heard it. It was good. Uh, right. And so I'm, I'm going back into the city because I have, you know, Loudmouth, a show uh, yesterday that I'm doing at 530 on SNY locally uh, in New York, right, the home of the Mets. Uh, and so I'm walking into the building down at Four World Trade Center, um, and I get, a, I get a call from my wife, Donna. And uh, I go, what's up? And she goes, um, there's a ringing in the house and an alarm going off, and we can't find out where the alarm is. We checked all the we checked all the uh, smoke detectors. Um, we checked all you know the carbon monoxide detector. We checked all that, but we can't find where this alarm is going off. And I said, uh oh, that sounds good, right? So I said to myself, well, it's it can only be one other thing. And that is the fact that I have a water detector downstairs in the basement. Oh, no. So I said, listen, I I go, I check downstairs because there's a water alarm downstairs that I had set up because my dad, the great Paul Malusa, said, Mm. better put a water detector down after our water heater went year one of our house and flooded our entire basement. Mm -hmm. Donna goes downstairs and there's three inches of water in our basement. And in the crawl space next to our staircase, we have like kind of a, not a big basement, semi-finished. Half of it is kind of, a, you know, where, we, where the boiler is or the heater and the uh, air conditioning unit and everything right. like that. That's all like kind of like, uh, that has a door. And then we have a little bit of an area of where the kids can play. And then there's a crawl space area. And we have um, well water. So, not city water, well water. So, where the heater where the AC unit is, where the uh, you know, the, the the water heater is, all that, there was water all over the floor, right? <sighs> then you go into the crawl space where we have stuff stored, right? Mm. We have, like, uh, stuff from our wedding, kids' clothes that oh, they no. no longer wear and everything like that. It's all in crates and stuff like that. There was four inch of water in the crawl space. 
So my wife called. So my wife in the meantime goes, "Oh my God, there's so much water." And I go, "I go, how bad?" She, she immediately hangs up the phone, calls the plumber, right? Calls our well guy, calls our insurance. You need company. a well guy. Yes, a well guy because the plumber fly and he's a good guy, right? Uh, the two Chinardis, they come flying over, right? And they they find out where the uh, where the leak is coming from. It's a busted pipe coming from the well. The well guy comes over. We have no water in the house. Right. Insurance company has put Donna and the boys up, and you know we're, we've got a hotel for the next four nights because he, the well guy doesn't know how long it will take to fix it. But meanwhile, all of our stuff is ruined. Now, long story short here, or long story long, as they say in the trade, here, owning a house stinks. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, if if you never have to own a house, don't. Because I understand everyone says don't don't waste money and pay rent and this and that. I have we have bought the complete and utter money pit. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Whether it be leaks in the house, uh, in the roof, whether it be the fireplace issues, which is still yet to be resolved. Even though we've had three guys come over and say took care of it, um, we still have. Whenever it rains, we have water coming down the fireplace. We've had three now massive leaks down in the basement. Uh, one by a broken water heater, now by a broken pipe going to the well. Stuff has been trashed and ruined. We have I have talked to the insurance company basically more than I've talked to my wife in the last six months. <laughs> and it has been a complete and utter disaster owning a home to where now the point is my wife is crying and upset on the phone last night because of all the stuff that is ruined and all the stuff that's sentimental. I mean, there's stuff that has right. great value to it, right? You know, some of our, you know, bags and stuff like that. But there are other stuff that's sentimental, right? Stuff that, you know, we have a co-sleeper that all the kids slept in next to our bed, right? And that that is sentimental value. It has no value to anybody else. But to us, it has some sentimental value. They, they're close. Like pictures of, of me and my wife before we even had kids and stuff like that. All that stuff was all sitting in four inches of water. Yeah. Um... It's an utter disaster. And now we have no idea when we will have running water back in the house again. The well guy said, I'm canceling everything on my Friday, which is today. I'll be there at 10 a.m. You might have water by the end of the day. Maybe. If not, hopefully by Saturday. He does he what will it take to get to the broken pipe? Do you know it's like he in does the not, walls that's in the, the other ground? Thing. He's not sure. He has to know he does not know if he has to go into the foundation to get oh, to the pipe. Man. It's it really is like it's a disaster. We've I mean, had... it is a disaster. We bought, if you ever watched the movie uh, Tom Hanks and Money Pit with yeah. Shelley Law, great movie. That And our house is not nearly as big, not even close. <laughs> it's basically maybe the first floor, not even the first floor. Our house is a complete and utter money pit. Yeah. I, I And I feel like I have the the JV version of your house because we've had a number of issues since we've moved in. And we've this is year six in our house. But I've somehow found all of the catastrophic things happening almost immediately. Well, like, could you come by our house? I, I don't know and how. Maybe give us a, a little of assessment. I don't know. Let if us know where we're going to go wrong. Pinpoint no, no, some no, areas no. of what could be uh, what things need to be resolved before they fall apart and collapse. This is, I'm afraid I'm going to walk home. The roof is going to collapse. No, no. See, this is not a preemptive thing for me. Like, there's I had a we had our first basement leak in June. And the only reason why we our basement didn't become a swimming pool was because, 
like most basements, in the summer, my basement gets, you know, it gets a little humid. Yeah, it gets a little moist. So I have a dehumidifier down there Good that I have to manually turn on and off. Now, normally most nights I turn it off. At the, I don't, it doesn't run 24-7. I usually turn it off when I go to bed and I can set a timer that it goes back on in the morning while I'm here. For whatever reason on this one night, I don't even, I, I don't even know why I didn't, I didn't turn the timer on. I just forgot. So the next morning I woke up, and the forecast was for humidity and rain, and I was like, I don't think I did the humidifier. So I went down in the basement before coming here, and I get down the stairs, and as I'm pressing the button on the humidifier, I hear splashing noises. I'm like, that's not a noise I should be hearing. And I open up my my boiler room, and there's water coming out of the front of my 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 boiler. Oh. Like where the gas pipe where and like the control box meets the tank. The tank didn't nice, fail. Safe. Yeah, the 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 thing that screws into the tank somehow has a history of failing, and ours failed and joined the long list of this defective part. But I got it uh, maybe in, in, into an hour of it leaking, so only like a third of my basement got destroyed. Oh. Not the because my wife would have never gone down there. Yeah, so it would have run like yours did for hours and hours and hours, oh. and then who knows when we would have figured it out. And we could have been had, you know, a completely full of water basement. Well, it, it, that so, yeah, luckily that alarm went off because we don't really go on the down the basement in the regular. Uh-huh. Right? And, and I a- have an alarm that the water didn't go to. So now I have alarm in a different place where apparently my basement is pitched. So the water ran away from my my, my initial water sensor. Oh, went so away now from I've got it. so now I've got one on the other side of the tank that presumably will be hit the second there's another leak, if there ever is one, which there shouldn't be, or I'll kill somebody. Well, thank God that alarm went off because basically I would have had an indoor pool if it didn't. Right. The water would have just been flowing and flowing and flowing until we had to go downstairs and get a, 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 you know a, um, some paper towels. Yeah. I mean that was it. We don't go down the basement on the regular. The kids, even though they have a nice play area, refuse to go down there and play because. They're scared of it. Um, so, I mean, we, we made this nice area for them to play in. There's toys all over the place, and they don't want to go down there and hang out, uh, which uh, that's fine. But what's the point of building that area? And luckily, we my the alarm went off, or else basically the water still would be flowing right now until I went down there, and there could have been basically three feet of water. Right. That's- it is a... And I, I listen. I am a pretty good-natured guy for the most part. I really rarely ever get angry. Like I hate my house. Yeah. Like it's reached a point where I'm, I'm, I am angry. Like I texted my wife last night. Like I don't want to go home this morning. Like I'm angry at the house. I, I, I can never imagine being angry at an object or a thing, and not somebody that's got a heartbeat. Like, you can get angry at, you know, you can get angry at a co-worker, you can get angry at your kids for doing something dopey and stupid, you can get angry at people. I've never been angry. I've never been angry at my car who's got 325,000 miles on it. I've never been angry at, I, you know, it's taking care of me. She's been one of the best things in my life, my car, right? So I am angry at my house. Like, I do not want to go home. Like, I am, I am I ticked off, I am bothered, and I am angry. Because every time it fails, it fails and it costs me money. And I'm talking to the insurance company and it's just one thing after another. And I told my wife last night, I'm like, listen, let's fix it. Let's fix whatever we need and let's get the hell out. Yeah. I think we've learned our lesson for the last five and a half years. Get the hell out of the house. So when you're trying to sell the house, we will delete this podcast from the record so nobody knows about it. Nothing's wrong. 
We'll put a different version. Great, great place, great area. Location, location, location. That's exactly. We love that well. We'll make a marker on yeah. this podcast. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well water. Love it. Swear by it. Exactly. The, the value went down 50 grand right. because, well, we yeah. earned some stuff. The house is in great shape. It's in great shape. Listen. I'll tell you this, we'll leave it in better shape than it is, but I am done. I, I told my wife, I'm done. I, I, get, get me out. I don't care where we move, where we live. It doesn't matter. I need out of this freaking house. I can't take it anymore. I can't take the calls about alarms going off. I can't take the calls about water. I can't take the calls about leaks in the roof. I can't take it. Here's the other thing that happened the other day, driving into the driveway, right? All of a sudden, we had a sinkhole in the driveway. A and there's sinkhole. a sinkhole. Yes, yeah, sinkhole in the driveway. There is a there is a hole now in our driveway where you look down and it goes down an undetermined amount of time. I put a flashlight down there. The kid's foot can fit basically into the sinkhole. I have no idea if it goes down two feet, three feet, or four feet because of the wet weather we had in the summer. All of a sudden, this sinkhole. Now I call an asphalt company. How much to fix that? Oh, you want to do the whole driveway? No, I don't want to spend twenty grand on yeah. a new driveway. <laughs> nor do I have twenty grand to right. spend on a new driveway. I'd like to fix that patch. How much is and take that and fix that patch. Five to six grand. My father-in-law says, the hell with that. We'll get some gravel. We'll fill in the hole. My father-in-law came by for three successive days with three buckets of gravel to fill up the hole. The hole is now filled. How long will that last? I feel like if I park my car over that sinkhole, all of a sudden the front end of my car will basically be six feet in the ground. Oh, my goodness, Moose. It doesn't end. You should take Monday off, Moose. It doesn't end. You should have called that sick today. And it really doesn't. I mean, it's just, it's it's remarkable how, and even, it like it knows how long it's been since the previous issue. It's like, you know what, he probably now has just made me relaxed. Yes, that's right. Let's I, I agree throw with something you. else at it. Like, I, I, there's, I know where, like, the hot spots in my house are. We had a, you know, we had a, a, a leak in a, in the basement, like, through the foundation. There's a foundation crack, and if it rained a lot, water would seep in. Not up from the ground, which is another problem with some of my friends have had. This one's actually coming through the side of the house. Oh, that's nice. So we had to dig things up and re, you know, re-weatherproof the outside of the foundation. Oh, beautiful. Doesn't had, cost you that much. You know, a, a, a window. All in a day's work. Right. A window that needed to be resealed because again, if it, if the wind blew the rain against the window, a little wind a little rain would come through. So like I know where all the hot spots are, but I, I, you know, when you think that one has now been figured out, it's like, oh, by the way, nope. Come on over here. Yeah, that's exactly right. Don't worry right. about this bad that's boy. That's exactly right. Just when you think you're happy, you're like, oh, man, it's all done. And Thank water's God. just the worst thing ever. It oh, just it's really, just, It just goes it, everywhere. Everywhere. And my house is like a, I forget what the technical term is, maybe a split ranch. It's like, there's no, like, it's like two and a half stories, two and a half floors. Like the basement, three steps up to the main floor, three steps up to the kitchen, five steps up to the bedroom. It's like a Z. So, like, everything is interconnected and overlapping. So, like, if my sink, my, the one time my sink leaked and we didn't realize it until my wife looked down and she was, like, standing in water while doing the dishes. And she's like, oh, the, the, the mat's a little wet. And the water had, like, zigzagged down, <laughs> like, into the basement and was, like, dripping through one of the light fixtures. I was pulling soaking wet tiles off the ceiling to get yeah. to this thing. It's just, it's ridiculous. Right. I, I have two words for everyone out there looking to buy a home. New construction. Yeah, but even that though, like, even because you don't, who's buying, who's building it? I, I understand that new construction, and make sure you get uh, a guy that comes over and does a full workup on the entire house. Make sure you get a thorough inspection. New construction, thorough inspection, or condo, or condo, or rent. 
don't buy. Those that say it's a worthwhile investment, it is in the right house. If you get the wrong house, basically it'll put you in the poor house. Yeah. It breaks your heart. It, it is. Sucks. I'm angry. I really am yeah. bothered. I really am bothered. Watch the Strohs beat the Yankees in the ALCS as well. That'll be the cherry on the top. Focus oh, what well, we got going Don't on make this me morning. want that to happen for you. <laughs> uh, it looked like the game played on Thursday night in windy conditions last night. It wasn't pretty between the Patriots and the Giants. New England surviving 35-14, scoring touchdowns off a blocked punt and a fumble return. Bill Belichick's team is 6-0. and Kind of an odd game. You know, anytime you get three scores in the game that are non-offensive touchdowns, that's... It's kind of a season's worth and all happened in one game. That third non-offensive touchdown was a giant returning a Tom Brady fumble for six points. Brady was also intercepted. He didn't throw for a touchdown, but he did score on two QB sneaks, and he passed Peyton Manning for second all-time in passing yards. Giants rookie QB Daniel Jones picked off three times, but did throw a 63-yard touchdown to Golden Tate, the first passing score the Pats have allowed this season. The Houston Astros jumped on the Rays in their first inning of Game 5. Four runs off Tyler Glass now, but didn't score again until the 8th. Pagan delivers. And that's driven deep to left center field. Racing back, Kiermaier looking up. See you later! See you later! Back-to-back Jacks! First Brantley, now Altuve. It's 6-1 to one Astros. That is Robert Ford on Astros Radio. Altuve and Brantley going back-to-back, belly-to-belly. Created the 6-1 final score in Houston. Another gem from Garrett Cole. Eight innings, one run, two hits, two walks, 10 Ks. So now we get a third straight ALCS for those Astros. Game one with the Yankees in Houston tomorrow night. The Nationals and Cardinals get going this evening. Game one in St. Louis, 8.08 Eastern. The NBA says it is protecting the Lakers and Nets from the current controversy in China. Neither team will speak with reporters before or after tomorrow's preseason finale in the country. This decision on the heels of a Rockets PR rep cutting off a CNN reporter yesterday in Japan while she asked James Harden and Russell Westbrook about the situation. On the court here in the States, Steph Curry, 40 points on six threes in just 25 minutes. His Warriors got a 143-123 preseason win over the T-Wolves. And the Washington Mystics won game five with the Connecticut Sun, the Connecticut Sun, that is, 89-78, to claim the first WNBA title in team history. Moose? All right, thank you, Andrew. We'll come back. we got some college picks for you. You, me, we got the Taz selections where Bogish or Endor Bilotti will deliver as well. Uh, it's Taz and the Moose here on this, third, on this Friday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. The Taz and Moose picks are for fun only. This is not for gambling purposes, just some chuckles and a good time. Enjoy the Taz and Moose picks now. Listen irresponsibly. It's now time for the Taz and Moose College Football Picks. The three picks you need to know. That's right. CBS Sports Radio is over live. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes. You can save 15% or more on car insurance. Mark down the time there, Pilate. Here we go. College picks. Uh, Taz so far this year is 12, 6, and 3. 2 and 1 a week ago. I am 11 and 7. Coming off a two and one uh, week. Uh, let's start. We got Taz's picks here. Basegla, you're going to do the honors. Taz is out sick this morning. He's got Taz's selections. 
Uh, Mike, you ready? I'm ready for it. All right, here we go. Fire away. So, speaking on behalf of Taz, his first college football pick, he likes Iowa plus three playing Penn State. He likes Iowa plus three against Penn State. That's pick one for him. Pick one for you, Bogus. Who do you like today, uh, Saturday? I got no deep football analysis on this one, Moose. It's just simply put, uh, it's a lot of points. I'm going to take the 27 Florida State is getting tomorrow at Clemson. All right, you're going to take the 27 uh, for Florida State. All right, pick number one for me. Uh, we got to go a little Red River rivalry. Noon start, you know, uh, down the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas, and the Texas State Fair and everything like that. Uh, I, you know, I like Texas. I did coming into the year, and they're four and one. Um, but I've been really impressed with Jalen Hurts has been able to do Heisman Trophy favorite as we speak and sit here on this Friday morning. I'm it's a it's a number of ten and a half. I'm going to take Oklahoma, uh, and I'm going to lay the ten and a half. I just think they're a flat out better team right now. I do, and I can see that. I think they're going to win this game by double digits. I think Hurts has another show. Uh, I get it's a rivalry. You never expect the unexpected. Texas is a really good football team. They are. Um, you know, and their one loss came to the hands of LSU. Uh, however, uh, I love what Lincoln Riley and that offense is doing. How could you not do it? Third straight year, third different quarterback, and all they do is score points. Give me Oklahoma laying 10 and a half. That's pick one for me. All right, pick two for Taz, Mikey B. All right, sticking with that game going the opposite way, however. So Texas plus 10 and a half. Texas plus 10 and a half. All right, Taz is taking Texas plus 10 and a half. That's pick number two for him. Pick number two for you, Andrew. Moose, let's go uh, in the SEC. I'm going to trust the Florida Gators. Uh, Kyle Trask appears to be going in the right direction with his knee injury from last week. They're at LSU. They're getting 13 and a half. They're not going to win that game. Love the Tigers. Love Joe Burrow. They finally have a QB. They can finally score some points, but I think the Gators keep this one just close enough. So give me the Gators plus 13 and a half. All right, Gators plus 13 and a half. Pick number two for me. We're going to go to South Bend, Indiana. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, nine and, uh, ninth-ranked team in the land, four and one on the season, an entertaining USC rivalry game who are three and two on the year. And obviously a lot of conversations about the future of Helton, their head coach, after this season does come to an end. I'm going to take the 11, and I'm going to take USC on the road in Notre Dame. And I know this rivalry hasn't been much of one as of late, as the Irish have kind of dominated the conversation and dominated uh, the matchup. Uh, However, I do think that uh, with the return of the freshman quarterback, the speed at the wide receiver position for USC, I think they can have some success. Listen, I don't think USC's winning the game outright, uh, but can, can they keep this game and lose by 10? Yeah, I think they can. And you're giving me a full 11. I'm going to take the Trojans plus 11 Saturday night, 7.30 NBC, 7.30 Eastern time. Give me USC plus 11. That's pick number two for me. Pick number three for Taz, Mike. All right. Like Bogus's previous pick, Taz agrees. Florida plus 13 and a half against LSU. All right. Florida plus 13 and a half against LSU. That's pick number three for Taz. All right. Pick number three for you, Andrew. Moose, I'm going to go with one of my favorite guys in the country. Dave Clawson, the head coach at Wake Forest, was the head football coach at Fordham when I was there. Began the resurgence of the Rams program back in the late 90s. Uh, And now he has taken Wake Forest to places they have not been in recent memory, if ever. Uh, They're laying six and a half at Louisville. That's no problem for my Demon Deacon. So give me Wake. Minus six and a half against Louisville this weekend. All right, and I'm going to go against both you and Taz with my third and final pick. Probably smart. Eight o'clock Eastern time. 
down in the bayou, Baton Rouge. And as somebody told me that's been to a night game down at LSU, there is nothing like a night game down in LSU. And I think that place is going to be lit, as the millennials would say. Give me LSU. I'm going to lay the 13 and a half against Florida. Uh, I like you got to love what that offense is doing for Joe Burrow at quarterback. He's got 22 touchdowns on the year. Defense for LSU is a little bit of a concern. I, I agree. Florida coming off the kind of white knuckler a week ago against Auburn. Now they go on the road against LSU, and I think the Tigers are going to make a statement in this one. Undefeated on the year at 5-0, remain undefeated. I think they win this game stylishly. Now, I did like Auburn last week. Didn't work out for me. Uh, but I'm going to go against Florida for a second consecutive week, and hopefully maybe the betting world is with me this week. Give me LSU laying 13 and a half. That's pick number three for me. So there you have it. Your nine picks here on this Friday morning. Three from Taz. The rare nine pack. Three from Bogish, who's all over uh, Wake Forest and the mm. Demon Deacons laying the six and a half. And uh, the three picks for me. When you take a look at it, amazingly enough, week seven for college football. Uh, as we have a game in the books, what was a doozy of a Thursday night affair uh, that went North Carolina State's way over uh, my Syracuse squad, who can't run a two-minute offense if their life depended on it. So, where you go. Remember that preseason ranking? Yes. Well, that's long gone. I <laughs> celebrated. That was the last time I celebrated Syracuse football <laughs> in 2019. Was that preseason ranking? We got the three coming your way next. Taz Moose, focus in the house. CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 